Welcome back to Hitchcock Chronologically, the show where I, Jeff, go through every single one of Alfred Hitchcock's movies, and I do it in chronological order, and I'm doing it 52 times. And I've watched how many? I, a lot of movies, okay? And I, I listen, I'm, I'm reaching the end of my rope. This is too much. So I, I got Elliot here. Hey, Elliot. How's it going, Jeff? You're not getting any ceremony, okay? If you want to listen to his podcast, you know where they are. There you it's go. Tess and Elliot argue, and the Gaming Nexus show, wherever you get your podcast, look in the descriptions. We don't have time for any of your baloney this week. Fantastic. That's, yeah, a no-nonsense episode. That's what I'm here for. Yes, good, because we watched Torn Curtain, okay, from 1966, starring Paul Newman, who has some of my favorite salad dressings. Oh, yeah, favorite, good pizzas, too. Yeah. Uh, I can eat a lot of eggs. He, he wins an all-hard-boiled... Egg eating contests. What? Cool hand Luke. It's a cool hand. Oh Luke yes, reference. that's true. Right. Sorry. I don't know why that didn't click because the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, I need to rewatch Cool this Hand is, Luke. I thought the same thing. I literally thought the same thing. I like. I was like, where can I find this for free? I really want to watch Cool Hand Luke after this. Yeah. I actually he... did a lot of like looking up like when this movie came out in relation to some of his other movies. Same with yeah. the other actress, the other lead. I was like, oh, when Julie did this Andrews. come out? Yeah, Julie Andrews. In, in correlation, because like, um, Sound of Music came out like the year before this. What about um, Poppins? Oh, I didn't look at Pop. That's a good one too to to see where it comes out. But the, like, like I said, Sound of Music was literally the year before this. There's a pretty good cast here. Uh, I've only ever seen the only other Paul Newman movie I know off top that I have seen is Cool Hand Luke, um, which is probably oh. his most popular one. Yeah. The Sting, it, he's really good in that. See, I haven't seen these, but I, oh, I, I, good. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed him in this movie. I think he's wonderful. Uh, and, and Julie Andrews, who most notably is Mary Poppins. Uh, I mean, Sound of Music, be whatever, as popular as it is, it's no Mary Poppins. Yeah, I'll give you that. It's definitely no Mary Poppins. And uh, so this kind of actually starts, and I believe next week as well with uh, Topaz, is... There was a in the 30s, um, there was a lot of movies and even into the 40s based around World War II and dealing with Germany and the spies and all that stuff. Well, now we're into the Cold War and the missile crisis, the Cuban Missile Crisis has just happened a few years before. And that's what this movie is. The stage is set. Um, you know, Germany is part of it, but Germany's really kind of run by Russia, at least East Germany is. Right. And uh, I'm no historian, but that's my understanding. Now, have you ever seen a movie with Val Kilmer called Top Secret? I have not. I am uh, familiar with it, though, but not. I have not. No. Yeah, it's his first ever role. It's one of my favorite movies. I absolutely love it. And it's a it's a what do you call it? a slapstick comedy? Think of Naked Gun. Okay. Uh, you know, stuff like that. But I believe now that I've seen this, that it directly parodies this movie. Um, okay. the, it's set in the same time frame. There's a lot of scenes that are very similar. And I, or at least it pulls significantly from Torn Curtain as its inspiration. But that's that's your homework for this evening. Go and watch Top Secret. It's very enjoyable. Now, this movie is um, 
what just what are your general thoughts? You've watched it. You've watched two other movies. Well, I've actually so I watched The Birds with Tessa because uh-huh. she was on that one, and I enjoyed The Birds more or less. Uh, I also tried to watch Marnie. I, it was a little too much for me. I went to bed, my my bedtime ten o'clock, so like ten o five hit, and I was like, "I'm out of here." Good night. Uh, have fun watching the rest of this. Well, you didn't miss anything, no. other than misogyny and just yeah, yeah. Um, so for the ones that I I reviewed with you, I think this is probably my third favorite. Right? I I think okay. North by Northwest is probably my favorite Hitchcock mm-hmm. movie. Um, then Psycho, then then probably this Turncourt, and then probably The Birds. Yeah, and the I birds. like the birds. I I like kind of the cinematography. I like the look of of the birds a lot. Yeah, like the, you know, there are things to like about the birds, but there are a lot of things to not like. I, and yeah. I don't want to that. I'm not retracing those steps today. However, um, so in my just general opinion, this is a, one of those movies that feels like two films. Yeah, it. it I. You know, really overall, there I had three scenes in particular that I really dug out of this movie. Right. And everything else I could kind of take or leave. Um, like Julie Andrews' character, for instance, I think is completely, as an actress, she's completely misused in this role. She's yeah. given nothing. Right. I in agree. This movie. Absolutely nothing. It, this is a Paul Newman vehicle. I think Paul Newman's character was fantastic. I thought he played him very well. Um, but it's it's basically about him and everything else, you know, like... So Julie Andrews, and she's missing for a very large chunk of this. Yeah, she's barely in it, and um, and I think that's just Hitchcock being, you know, I yeah, don't know. I he doesn't right. know how to do romance, and at least this romance is established, so he doesn't have to try to pretend to know how to write one. Yeah, well, and I think they did a good job of establishing their relationship, right? Like, especially in the mm-hmm. beginning, it's established they're basically, they are engaged, so you don't have to worry about, like, do they love each other? Do they not? Right. The only part of the relationship that I was ever like questioning was like her like sticking by him throughout the whole movie. I, was I like, think it's done well though. I think yeah, like I was a little confused. I was a little confused by it. I was just like, ah, why would you stick with it? And then later, as the film progresses, she's like, "How could you do this?" Yeah, she's like, on the fence okay. very much. But then when she's actually presented with the opportunity of. Uh, <laughs> We're okay. Let's get into the plot. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Um, our two uh, leads here, Julie Andrews and Paul Newman, are a professor and an assistant. Uh, he is Professor Michael Armstrong, who's like a, a scientist, physicist. a physicist, he, a rocket science. Yeah, and he helps make missiles and all this other stuff. Sarah Sherman, Julie Andrews, is his uh, assistant, but they're also uh, engaged. engaged, yeah. Fiance and fiance together. Um, and we there's a lot of like them laying in bed and kissing in the beginning. And, yeah, yeah. But uh, Paul Newman gets a book, and there's something very fishy going on with this book, and he doesn't want Julie Andrews to see it or anything. And. Uh, but uh, you come to find out that this book has a secret message in it. Certain things are underlined, code, you know, just a secret message being passed to Paul Newman. And you f- you find out that Paul Newman never wanted Julie Andrews' character on this trip. Right. And you, you find, with. yeah. And it turns out it's because he has another trip he's going to take. 
And he says, where does he say he's going? Stockholm. Um, Stockholm, Sweden. But he's actually yeah. going to East Berlin, which is behind the Iron Curtain because it's the, the Berlin Wall. And uh, as I say, East Berlin, East Germany, it's he, behind. Yeah, the- it's, but it's in Berlin. He, they, they go to Berlin because once they get to Berlin, then they drive out to like actual like Germany, Germany. Yeah. And uh, so it's behind the Iron Curtain. Of course, this if you're not a historian and I'm not certainly, but this is during the Cold War, which was mostly just the U.S. and Russia just on the brink yeah. of blowing everything up. And the up. Berlin Wall was still up, right? That was yeah, like because the, that didn't yeah. go down till the 80s. Right. Um, so this is very much a tense time. And uh, if you want to look up the Cuban Missile Crisis uh, to kind of give you an idea of what's happening, there's a great uh, Do Go On. Is Do Go On did an episode on it? I believe yeah, they, they did. they have, yeah. Um, you can go look at that. It's fantastic. Um, now... He essentially has a turncoat now. Yeah, he's defected, right? And I really like his reasoning. So it was fantastic. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, right. He his he's a rocket scientist, mm -hmm. and they were apparently developing a program to shoot down nuclear missiles. The U.S. Right. Yeah. So and they they stopped. uh, Right. They they the he claims the funding didn't go through. And so they they stopped, and he was upset about that. So he's defecting to essentially do the same thing in Germany with the top guy in that field. Yes, and and I like the the thing is that he's trying, and his motive and his reason for defecting is is he wants to create this missile that essentially will make nuclear war a thing of the past. Yeah, and. If you're an American or you're German and, and he's saying what I'm trying to do is stop nuclear war, he's not defecting to Germany uh, to line up with, um, you to know, the Germans win. Or right. Or yeah. because he's actually a communist or anything like that. He's doing it because he believes that this missile needs to be made to just stop nuclear war. I think that motive is brilliant because it still allows him to kind of be the good guy but also be this traitor. Um, yeah, and I'm sure at the time that this was made, it was not, that, you know what I mean? I, I'm sure people weren't like, oh, I can kind of see it, because oh, I'm yeah. assuming in the in 66 that this was still very much a, a thing. Yeah, there was, you know? uh, if you go back, and, and this was probably back even earlier, but like before television, the radio programs would have like ads. Do you know someone who's a communist? Yeah. Call yeah. now. You know, yeah. like it, being a communist was the worst thing you could be. So certainly I don't think in the eyes of the people of the 60s, this was considered a nuanced approach. But for me, I found it like, you know, you go with the team that's willing to stop nuclear war. Did you believe him? Did you believe that this was what his true motive was? Uh, hmm. I don't think I did because I was like, nah, there's got to be more to it than this. I, I think I did because of the fact that his motivation was to stop nuclear war. That's okay. still to me like a heroic effort, sure. regardless of what team you're on. And I think I was OK with that. But they, but you find out that he's actually a double agent. He's he's been sent because um he came because of the pretense that he's already developed this missile. He has the formulas, but the he's not able to get the funding he wants. Right. 
But what's really happening, there's a, do- a professor by the name of Professor Lint who is hilarious. I love yes, him. Yes, it's so stereotypical, like, German scientist with the pipe and everything. Uh, he's the great. The hair, the beard. And he doesn't have time for anyone's crap. He's great. Yeah. And he's all, all you do is yep, 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 yep. Uh, he's just fun-loving, wonderful character. Yeah, Gustav uh, Lint. He yeah, is very German. Also extremely close to developing this anti-missile, or has already. And so actually, Paul Newman is here to not develop this idea for missiles, but rather to steal the idea from the Germans and bring it back home to the U.S. Yeah. Double now, Julie, Julie Andrews is tagged along, uh, and she shouldn't have. Uh, right, but because she, he tells her, oh, I'm going to Stockholm. She discovers that he's not going to Stockholm, but Germany, so she changes her plane ticket to Germany as well. Sneaks aboard the same flight. Now she's there too. So now the problem for Paul Newman is when he's ready to leave. Once he has you know, the formula, it's not just getting him out of Germany. It's now getting him and Sarah out. Right. And the other part is, is that she doesn't know that he's a double agent. Uh, they go to like a press conference and he announces that he's defected to Germany. He's here to develop these missiles and he, he doesn't like that his country wasn't going to support him. So he's he's a turncoat. And it's, in her eyes, she's like, he's a turncoat. I can't believe he's doing this. Yeah. And yet she's still in love with the man she knows. And she's trying to debate whether she's staying or going. To varying degrees of success. And... Yeah, it, I don't. I, I'm like I said, I struggled with her reasoning for staying the whole time, because he's constantly like, "Will you just leave?" Right? He gives yeah. her the. He's very cold to her. And there's a the whole time, a, and she just is like, "Ah, yeah, I'll get, I'll warm that cold heart of his." Well, and I think he's doing it as a way to just get the hell out of here. He knows how much danger she's in by yeah. being there. Uh, <laughs> so they have this whole thing, and as they're leaving this press conference. He gets, he falls down the stairs, but he's tripped. Right. Now, um, it's hilarious, and it looks terrible, uh, the special <laughs> effect. Yeah. And, but he's been tripped by one of his co-conspirators for a, a outfit called Pie, and their symbol is the Pie symbol. And she kind of gives him some intel, and he's like, yeah, I didn't know she was going to come, so they've had to work out how to get two people extracted as opposed to one. And he spends this time with his shirt open, which I found hilarious. (laughs) Tessa made the reference of uh, Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park. Oh, yes. She goes, this is the original. Because it's it's that scene where he's like laying down with his shirt unbuttoned and like, the door opens. It's just, it's it's straight out of Jurassic Park. Yeah, well, it's, Jurassic Park is straight out of that. But yeah, there you go. It's it's great, and Paul Newman is excellent uh, here. But his best work is yet to come. Uh, so he has to go meet up at the farm. Now you texted me before I watched this. And I did, said, and I I kind of regret it now because well, so when I I sent you the text after I had just finished it, saying, "Man, that farm scene, super intense." Yeah, and and so with that knowledge, when you got to the farm, what were you, were you like? I was hyped. This? I was ready. Yeah. I when he walked into the farm, I'm like, okay, here we go. I don't know what this is. I don't know if if it's a shower scene or a crop duster scene. I don't know what we're getting, uh, but I was excited. And um, but we'll get to the what happens. So he 
draws a pie. Now he's been followed by his he the has security a tail, guy. Essentially, yeah. It's, uh, under, so this guy's like his security, right? He's actually yeah, there to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and this character is so good. Oh, the leather jacket, the long leather jacket, it, the, the smoking, the the American references that he uses, right? The the character is fantastic. You're totally right. He, like he's played by Wolfgang Keiling or Keeling, maybe. Oh my gosh, he is perfect. Like perfect performance of this totally in control, sort of mobby type character. And he's he's German and he just is excellent. And yeah. so at this farmhouse, again, Paul Newman is meeting more people of the team of Pi. And Gromag finds the the symbol he's drawn in the ground. And he realizes that Paul Newman is a double agent. And so he's getting ready to call whoever, you know, the cops and yeah. say, hey, this guy's actually a double agent. Well, there's a woman here and she's great, too. She yeah, throws a pot a, of soup or something. She doesn't speak any English, right? She yeah. doesn't speak any English. So Paul Newman doesn't speak any German. But they're on the same team, essentially. Yeah. And they I love this scene. It is the best scene in the film. Um, because Paul Newman, after this pot of hot soup is thrown at poor Gromack, uh, how, let me, how, how do I say his name here? Uh, Gromack. Yeah, Gromack. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, Paul Newman grabs him in a headlock and Gromack is still talking smack like he could get out. He basically, I could but get he out can, of this. Right? Like he, cause like Paul Newman is a scientist, so he is kind of weak and I kind of got that, right? I kind of understood, like, oh, Paul Newman is Paul Newman, but, like, he's a scientist, so he doesn't lift. He's not as strong. This guy's job is literally to... I don't know. You know Did you see him with his shirt thug. off? I did, He's but... a very fit man. <laughs> but it's interesting because Paul Newman's character, uh, Michael, took a cab there. And so Paul Newman and this woman are trying to take down Gromek quietly so that it doesn't, like alert the taxi cab driver so like there there's this struggle and there's no music playing which is helps build like that aesthetic as they're like struggling to take this guy on yeah and right? she like, grabs a knife and she just kind of slowly and this is where i'm like gromek is full of it because i'm like he the whole time i could get out of this my friend i'll get out of this yeah. in a moment and the whole time she's walking toward him with a knife going to kill him he's like Yes, tell her to stop. I don't want to have to get out of this and hurt you. He's full of it, man. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> because like she tries to pick up the gun, but then she's like, oh, the taxi guy. Well, here, I'll grab yeah. the knife. And so she grabs a big like uh, like butcher knife. Butcher knife, knife. Yeah. a la Norman Bates. Yeah, and, and like stabs at him. Breaks The knife breaks off the tip they're struggling on the ground it's it's so it's intense it's really intense like i said there's no music that plays mm -hmm. so it just kind of like builds on it and you're just like see these three people struggling she grabs the the shovel and hits him in the the foot the right knee, yeah 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 and, and like for they a second drag him like, over to the oven oh it's brutal it's brutal it's and brutal they turn so she being the brains of the operation turns on the gas on the oven and bring and they struggle to bring Gomek Gormek over to the oven. And as his head's in there, he dies slowly. And you could tell like 
this is where Paul Newman really shines. Yeah. Is that he's just not even trying to watch. He's not trying to see what's happening. It's almost like when you have to take some stinky medicine and you pinch yeah, your nose and you just do yeah, everything just do you can to just yeah. get it over with. That's what he does here. And it's excellent. Yeah. The the whole that whole scene, like I said, it, it I was so hopeful after that. I was like, yeah. damn, I, I we were in for a treat because this is crazy good. Yes. Yeah. The whole part of it, the way it's filmed, like I said, everything about it, you're like, man, I'm in it now, man. Like this is it's only going to get more intense after this. Because this is like a half hour, 45 minutes into a two-hour movie, right? And, yeah. All right, now it's picking eight up. Minutes? Now yeah. stuff is going to happen. Because beforehand, it really hasn't... The the movie has progressed story-wise. I mean, every scene has kind of progressed the story further. I think the forward. first half but it's or 40 minutes slow. or whatever are pretty good, though. Like I didn't, I, I think I, so, too. But like, I like the characters happens. enough. Paul Newman is engaging enough when he's on screen that I'm okay with. And, and I think, too, with movies... Your first bit of the movie, you get sort of like the benefit of the doubt, right? Yeah. yeah I'm going to let the movie you. do its thing. And then they either, you know, fulfill the promise or they don't. So after this scene, though, this is definitely the best part. And yep. it doesn't get better. Um, it There are still some good things. Uh, this is, After this is when you start to get uh, uh, Professor Lint, who's great. Um, but it kind of like becomes muddled in my brain. Like all the scenes I really remember. Yeah. Everything just kind of meshes together. Right. Yeah. I, I completely agree. So they bury grow. Well, the lady buries grow. Yeah. He leaves it up to her. <laughs> She's great. We'll bury a dude and a motorcycle and the motorcycle he came in on. It's all good. Um, so he goes back and then that's when they actually go to, uh, is it Leipzig? to to the actual university yeah and and so they're gonna have a a screening an interview if you will which makes me wonder like if you didn't already know this guy was qualified why are you why bringing him in having a press a conference yeah yeah um well they bring him in and they're gonna do the interview but it the cab driver that took him out to the farm sees that this guy is missing in the newspaper or whatever, and he basically sells out Paul Newman. Says that he was at this farm. I know he was there, so you're missing guy. Something to do with Paul Newman. Yeah. So this is going to stop the interview process because they don't trust him anymore, and they don't want him to get any information about what's going on from their scientists. Yeah. Well, they say, well, what about the woman? She she She's worked the assistant. On, yeah, she should know. She was there for all the tests and they bring her in and they try to get her to talk. But she has a, a pretty good moral compass because she's like, you know what? No, but I'm again, not telling you anything. I'm not point, here. At this point, this is like the th- she's had like three or four chances to leave. Yeah. And she's and, been like, I'm staying because I love you. And but she, I'm also not going to help you. But... So, yeah, and then there's, like, early on in the movie, they're like, do you want her to stay or go? And then he says, well, it's up to her. And then she says, it's almost like when you're trying to find out what you want to eat for dinner with your yes. spouse. It's it, yeah. it's like, well, what do you want me to do? Well, it's up to you. But he clearly wants her to go home. Right, but I think I think he's playing <laughs> the part, right, where he's like, well, I love her. And, like, yeah. if I was really defecting, I would want her to stay, but I also want it to be her choice. 
right? Because even in that like interview scene, you can see Paul, like it cuts back to Paul Newman where like they ask her like, well, what happened with like the gamma five tests and Paul Newman, you can see in his eyes where he's like, shut up. Don't say anything to them. Like mm-hmm. don't blow this Sarah, but she still doesn't know that, that he's like a double agent. She still doesn't right. realize like he's here on to help not to hurt. So he's like, Oh, don't blow this. And then again, like you said, her self-conscious kind of kicks in and she just like, was like, I can't, I can't do this. I don't know how you can. And just kind of leaves. Yeah. She leaves. And so there's this other dumpy guy that's always around. I don't know his name. Yeah, he's um, like the he's like the he was with Paul. He was with Michael and Sarah at the conference on that boat. So he's not really like the handler. He's like the translator friend, kind of. It's not Gerhard. Um, he's. Not I really, don't know his name. I don't know his um, name either. But, but he's, he's kind of always there. And he's kind of like the third character in this. Really, he probably has the third most screen time. Yeah. Um, of anybody else. Yeah, I think so. And so she goes running off and they're all trying to talk her into it. And Paul Newman says, just let me talk to her. And they go up on this hill and that it's a nice shot. Hor- oh, really? Because I thought it looks so it, state. Like, it just looks so fake. Just the landscape. Yeah. And it took me out because I and I know it's a product of the time. But for me, I kind of like that really stuff. Like, whereas that's what I liked about it was yeah. it felt. What you Vintage. liked was what I was like, uh, this is yeah. taking me out of it. It's kind of like trees were we so talk- plasticky. Yeah, I, but it's kind of like what we talked about with the cars when yeah, they're in the car and you, you get the rear projection and we're like, ah, you know, I kind of like that. I kind of liked it. Um, I, get, I get your feeling. I get you. I can also say, yeah, I mean, if this showed up in a movie today, we'd be like, Bleh. right. Yeah, yeah. Not, and not on he, purpose. This is a great scene. And this is really the only time Julie Andrews gets to do any serious acting. And I think she does fantastic. Where they're talking, and you can tell it's all, you don't get to hear it, but he essentially tells her, hey, I'm actually a double agent, dear, and I'm not, I'm not selling out. I'm trying to get information to bring back to the U.S. And they pan to her face, and she's glowing. She's so excited that her husband or her fiancé isn't this uh, you know, traitor Human that she garbage. thinks he is. Yeah. yeah, and it's a great scene. Uh and so they, they're back to working together. They go to a dinner with D- Professor Lint, uh, and he tries to get Professor Lint drunk and talk to him and essentially says, well, meet me tomorrow. We'll go to coffee. Yeah, well, Lint's like, Lint's like, I don't talk when I'm drinking. I'm no, I know yeah. better than that. But he like they create he creates a time to go get their uh, faces shaved, right? Isn't that, there's something, yeah, well, that's his excuse. Like that, yeah. right? he's, he's rubbing the baldest part of his face saying, <laughs> yeah. I need the shave. I must get shaved. I'm like, you don't need a shave. But apparently he did. And Newman and him meet up. And then they just spend about 20 minutes. And this is where the movie really just kind of oh, takes a nosedive. I kind of liked, that was my second scene that I liked was the, the in the like classroom yeah. scene. I kind of like I like the scene. I do. But at the same time, it's like the, the beginning of the end. Yeah. Of the yeah, good stuff. You're absolutely right. This is the last. This is where it kind of. Yeah. This is where you're kind of like, OK, now the movies. Yeah. Essentially, part one is done. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And Paul Newman draws a bunch of formulas and so does Professor Lint. And they go back and forth yelling at each other until Professor Lint puts the per, the solution that they've all been looking for, the formula that he wants to take back to the states on the board. 
And Paul Newman doesn't hide anything here. He just no, stares but like. But again, that's kind of like his character, right? Yeah. Because he even talks to the actual agent that he met at the farm where he's like, this is I'm here because I have the eyes for what needs to be seen. Like, yeah. You would have no idea. And I get that because like the farmer guy is definitely an agent and like an actual spot. And he's got just the epic mustache. Oh, they what all, a stash. Yes. But I like, wish Paul I could Newman grow doesn't. facial hair like that. I just a big, thick, bushy mustache. I would. Oh, it is very. Yeah, it's definitely and the like the the, the deep voice like he's been smoking oh. since he was. Seven, we're right talking now. about Sam. What's his name? The guy from uh, Tombstone. Sam Elliott. Thank is you. Elliott? Oh, yeah. If yeah. I could be Sam Elliott just for a moment. Yeah. But like anyway. Paul Newman. Yeah. Like you said, Paul Newman just goes, oh, that's it. And just he is no longer even pretending like he's defected. Right. He's just trying to memorize everything he's seeing on the board. And as that's happening, the intercoms are coming over the speakers of the school being like, hey, we're looking for Michael and Sarah. <laughs> yeah, where is he? Right. And then Michael like, Sarah. Michael and Sarah. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. And then Not like a Michael, minute Sarah. later, they're like, hey, Michael and Sarah are traitors. Catch them if you can find them. <laughs> yeah. And at that point, the professor's like, oh, damn, I've just given you what you've looked for. And you've done you've given me nothing in return. Yeah. And it's great. And then they go on the run, and then and then the, and this is where it's I, weird. I mean, it's convoluted. This whole second it, half of this movie, it's not good. Um, it's not bad. You know, I thought them getting onto the get to the bus was fine. I thought them on the fake bus was fine. I let's talk about part. the fake bus because there's this lady on oh, this damn bus. But the acting is great because you hate her. Don't you just She's like all you want to do is like kick her off Drop the bus? kick her in the nose. She is yeah. the worst. She is, but She's, she plays it so well. Yeah. That we both are like this this person is the worst. She's the oh, worst. Let's before we forget the one of the the best things about Lint. Uh, real quick, we'll jump back to the bus. But after he shows the formula and Newman goes, by God, amazing. And he's like, of course it's amazing. The Russians think I'm crazy, but they don't know I'm lint. Great line. <laughs> That's right. I just had to get that in there. He's awesome. That's right. They do. I forgot they said that. <laughs> it is. It, the, the other part, too, though, I think for the most part, by looking at the um, like the casting all the German actors are actual German actors. Like, Lint's real name is Ludwig Dothan. You know what I mean? Like, it's they're yeah. all very, very German esque names for all of these people. I mean, Wolfgang Keiling. Yeah. I mean, Hans Jorg Felmy. Yeah, Hans- they're all very German names. You're Gunther like, oh, Strack. Oh Wolfgang. yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're all so. I, I almost think their accents are probably a little over the top, but. Also, maybe oh, not they're good, super, though. super over the top. No, but in a good way. It's like it's exactly yeah. what you want, especially from the sixties. It's exactly what you want. Yeah, right. Because Nazis, the Germans are all Nazis, no matter what. Right? Yeah, they're all bad guys. At that, in that well, time. Nazis are dead now. They're right. all right. they're all communists. Um. Well, dead. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, it's the Christmas season. Let's get over that. That's all right. right now, um. So they get so, onto a okay. bus, right? Our crazy lady on the bus, every time she gets a chance, you're endangering us! You're gonna get us caught! Damn it! And the whole time she's yelling, and I'm like, you're the one that's gonna get people caught, you maniac! Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, uh, I hate her. 
I, I did too, but she's played so well. Like that Yeah. You're supposed to hate her. And, yeah, and so she does her job very well. For sure. Now, the guy who's on this bus is Mr. Jacoby, and he's very kindly. I just trust him. Yeah. Oh, right. Of course. So the scene, oh my gosh, it just goes on and on. Like oh, it it's felt like one after the other, right? He yeah. made this movie, Hitch did, and he's like, dang, this movie's only 50 minutes. Yeah. They need what a do we do? Escape plan. <laughs> What do we do? All all my other movies recently have been two hours. That's and this exactly is what he does. What and they ride a bus for like 40 minutes. That and that's not some... even the problem that I had. I, the bus stuff I would have been fine with. Yeah. It's like once they get off the bus, once they're in the, the next city, they have to find the post office to get to well, the next Well, and they meet one. this crazy lady. Oh, and as they're doing that, yes, they meet the, the countess lady, right? Yeah, the Countess, and she's got 300 pounds of makeup. Um, you know, think Dolores Umbridge from uh, yeah, that's Harry so Potter. Perfect. That is absolutely what she is. And she's like, I want to get to America. You would be my sponsor. And they agree to it, and they exchange addresses. Essentially, she's like, if you want to find the post office, you would take me to America. I don't know what that accent is. Um, it is probably offensive, and I apologize. But it's terrible because, like... They, they're just they sitting there her, having coffee. Well, they see her on the street. Then she's like, let's go have coffee. And then they have Out this of nowhere. thing at the coffee place where they're talking about all of this stuff, and you're just like, this is doing... It's doing nothing. And this, it doesn't... It has progressing. nothing to do with the story. Yeah. It, it, it's pure filler. And I just... That's what I believe that... This is just a, a movie where he's like, oh, no, it's 40 minutes. <laughs> uh, so they go and then they go to the post office. And this is classic Hitch trying to be suspenseful. Uh, yeah. We talked about the scene in the farm, which is actually suspenseful. And then you get this scene, which once you hear Hitchcock talk about suspense, and the bomb under the table. I'm not going to play it again, but it's like you give people information and then you have, then you just drag things out and that creates suspense, which is basically what happens here. You know, the police are coming and the whole time they're fine. What was it? Dennis, Daryl. Yeah. Who are they looking to find for? The next guy. Yeah. You're, yeah. We'll right. call him Dennis. We need Dennis. And then the guy, Oh, okay. I'll go get Dennis. And they go in the back and someone else comes back and she's like, are you Dennis? No, I'll go get Dennis. And they, they, everyone's looking for Dennis and it takes forever. And, and it's then, just, and then when they get to Dennis, all he does is give them a piece of paper with the next place to go to. Yeah. It's a scavenger hunt. Oh my gosh. And then they go to the next place, which I can't even remember. Oh, that was this. Are they, they're not at the play yet. What are that, they But that's where to? they go to right after this. After after he gives them the piece of paper, the the cops come. There's a kerfuffle at the post office, and the um, the countess kind of like shoves the the cops. Yeah, she trips. That is great though. I'll yeah. give her that. They're after her sponsors, and she grabs the cop and just shoves them down the stairs. It's awesome. And then that's uh, the end you see of her. That's like it. She's yeah, gone. you know, she cries because she's like, "Oh, my sponsors my are leaving me." Sponsors. And then they're I done. Never that. referenced again. Never mentioned. Yeah. She's good. They're not in a box later, uh, and we'll get to that. Um, so then they get to the the play or the musical, the opera, whatever. Well, they meet up with Mustache and some other guy, and they're but looking in a window. That's after, right? Is that no, after no, no? This? You're right. No, no, you're yeah, right. Yeah, because they right. tell him go, go to the this play. 
And when the play is gone, you're going to get on a boat. Now, this is a East German boat. So you cannot give yourself up on this boat. You are not safe. Yeah, until you're on, the on, boat. At, on Sweden's land. Because that's where they're right. going to. They're going, they're going to, to Sweden, Sweden from East Germany. And so they watch this ballet. And this is one of the scenes that feels to me that Top Secret pulled from. But they're watching this ballet. And the ballet goes on and on. And then but the cops start showing up. This is the other scene I liked, though. Okay. Right? Because, Take me through it. Well, so they're watching the, the opera. And the lady who's singing and dancing in the middle of the stage notices Michael. Oh, notices she's Paul crazy. Newman, right? And we had seen her earlier in the film. Remember? Because she's on the, the plane. She's on him, the plane. And she right? gets off first thinking that all this press is here. You ever seen Naked Gun? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah you yeah. know, when Leslie Nielsen gets off the plane and he gets down and he starts making a speech because he thinks all the press is there for them. But it's yeah. really that weird owls on the plane. <laughs> That's right. That's basically what this is. <laughs> so she, she hits, she's like waving at her beloved people and nobody pays attention to her. Nobody. Because so they're the, here for yeah, Paul no, Newman. So she recognizes Paul Newman in the crowd. And so when she goes off stage, she tells the guy, hey, those people that everyone's look are looking for are here. And then that's when the cops start to kind of slowly blockade all of the exits. Uh, you get to see every doorway get blocked. But see, but the music is like becoming more intense in this scene. And like you can yeah. see the panic kind of set in on Paul Newman and Sarah's face. And then the the one the main bad guy that always has the cigar in his hand like is there. And she's like, yeah. oh, he's there. And then like they're walking and I I like how the music plays as it's getting more intense and then you're like, "Oh, wow, all of the exits are literally closed. What are they going to do?" And I, I liked that scene, but then like, <laughs> then they, they, he screws it up. Because what does Paul Newman do? He stands up and yells, fire. A fire and in like, the theater. Oh, okay. And everyone loses their oh, absolute minds. Yeah, it's bananas. Like, nobody turns and says, bitch, there's no smoke or anything. Yeah, anything. Everyone just panics. And then the scene, I'm lost in the scene. But before that, well, I was there's like, people getting. Good. So the whole thing is Julie Andrews and Paul Newman are separated, and somehow they get pushed back together. And I'm not going to reiterate. It's just a yeah. big mess. And then, so the big plan to get them <laughs> out of East Germany is to put them in these wicker baskets. Yeah, with the where, other with all the tutus. Yeah. So apparently, this ballet troupe who we have the second most annoying person in the world on this crazy ballerina. They are going to hide in their luggage, essentially on a boat trip from East Berlin to Sweden. I don't know how long that is. Granted, it's either. not huge, but it's several hours, many, many hours. Cause it's okay. It's nighttime when they get in the box and it's daytime daytime when they get out. So it's probably eight to ten hours. And this yeah, is not a big right. box. <laughs> it's just a night. That's like, it says it's I'm not claustrophobic. Hours. It says it's 13 hours away. I don't know if that's by car. So it's, but so by boat, it's probably a little bit more. It's, it's probably a day. It's probably a day's trip. Yeah. So we get the, the, the near final scene here. And the, the, the guy who helped pack them in boxes is on the i don't even want to recount the scene it's yeah, so he's, stupid he's loading him up to like get off the boat 
and he whispers, "Good luck, my friend." And he doesn't whisper it. He goes, Good <laughs> "Yeah." Luck. He just kind of like yell it. He like cups American his hands and just screams. Compatriots, yeah, American like, spies. Yeah, and the the absolute crazy ballerina is still on this boat, and she's still somehow in this movie. I was wearing the same terrible outfit she was wearing previously, and she calls for the security team. Who grabs a Tommy gun? Oh, and we forgot about the time that they had a Tommy gun and they just started <laughs> opening fire in public. Oh, that's but but then they even reference later that no one got hurt from it. Oh, good. Remember, because they're like just yeah, a not minor a flesh person. wound. You're like, oh, yeah. okay. No, that's good because he used about a hundred bullets from his Tommy gun, and so they got the same guy with the same Tommy gun, and he just pumps lead into these two boxes. Well, this is a distraction because. Uh, apparently the, our guy noticed that this crazy ballerina was watching was and doing they swam it, to she shore. She did it before. She did it last time. They tried to sneak people over. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. You know? And so, so they jump in the water, they swim to shore. And <sighs> now they're in Sweden. Now they're in Sweden and they're okay. wrapped around in a towel close to the fire. And then they are like making out or something under the shore. Yeah. The guy wants to take a portrait and they just get under the covers anyway. Yeah. And you hear giggles. <laughs> Ha <laughs> Paul Newman. We did it. We saved the world. We did it. Yeah. Of course, uh, we've never seen an anti-missile missile, which is what they call it in the movie. Right. So, I mean, it's fine. The yeah, first half's fine. excellent, though. Yeah, I thought so, too. I, I thought it had some real potential. Yeah. And after that murder scene of Gormack, the Paul Newman's face he doesn't have any lines. He's just walking and you can see the pain on his face that he had to kill someone. Yeah. And then they put him in the back of a cab and he just has that lost in thought face. And it, it, he's excellent. Yeah. Cause he's a great actor. Are you right? I mean, yeah. this is, he, he definitely, he, I think is, um, definitely carries this movie because right. like I said earlier, Julie Andrews is just given nothing to work with. She doesn't really get much like development other than like, she's like the fiance, She's mm-hmm. the assistant, but she's never, like, shown to be, like, smart or do anything. Right. You know, you, for all we know, like, they're engaged because she was the assistant. She's always around, and that's how, like, he ended up getting with her. You you know, have no idea. Right. You know, there's no – Paul Newman's the only character that goes through any development in this movie. I don't yeah, think any, they should I don't just think do a movie with him and Gormek and just make <laughs> that movie. So. I need a Gormek prequel. You hear me, Alfred? Oh, you know he did some dirty stuff. You not you that, that kind of prequel. I'm not asking code. for a porn parody. Oh my gosh! You of course took it. The Cormac porn parody. Oh my god! I mean, it's just he doesn't even have to anyway. change his name. It's probably still his porn name. <laughs> Cormac. Oh well. Um. So next, I'm going to watch Topaz, and I'm not going to watch it alone. I'm going to watch it with Elliot again. Yeah. How do you feel you about this? Of, you can't get rid of me, man. I'm kind of like I said. I. I've been able to find stuff I've enjoyed in almost all of the movies that I've watched of Hitchcock so far. So, so this one actually deals more directly with the Cuban Missile Crisis. So again, do your homework. Go learn about the Cuban Missile Crisis. Uh, as this is, this movie says, a French intelligence agent becomes embroiled in the Cold War politics first with uncovering the events leading up to the 1962 Cuban Missile Crisis and then back to France to break up an international Russian spy ring. Uh, I'm not looking forward to this one. Um, Sounds like most, a lot of travel. 
like uh, of of the five final movies, this was the one I was looking forward to the least because I don't know anybody in it. Like Marnie had um, Sean Connery. This had Paul Newman and Julie Andrews. And Topaz has no one of note that I know. On the Wikipedia page, it just says Frederick Stafford is the guy who stars in it. So Yeah, Frederick Stafford, Danny Robin, John Vernon. Like, none of these are even just people I've seen in other Hitchcock. Like, somewhere, like in the middle of this podcast series, uh, you would get a lot of repeat faces. You'd get a Leo G. Carroll. You'd get uh, Ingrid Bergman. You'd get Grace Kelly. You'd get names and faces that you grew to enjoy seeing their work. But now we're just got this. And hopefully it's one of those movies where I'm not looking forward to it. And then it's just fantastic. Man, I can't wait to come back. I'm that so was uh, just... the waltzes from Vienna. I'm like, this is a movie about the Strauss father, Strauss, the older and younger. I don't want to watch this crap. And then I really liked it. It was pretty good. Yeah, so so hopefully that happens here. But then uh, then we get the frenzy, which is about a serial killer, which I'm you know looking forward really to. Funny. That at least sounds fun. Anyway, Elliot, do you want to hawk your merchandise? Yeah, of course. Sure. Uh, Tessa and Elliot argue, so you can listen to me and my wife, Tessa, argue about weird news we found from the week. Uh, The Gaming Nexus show, which is kind of like a... Uh, we're changing it up, so now it's been out for a couple of By the weeks. time this comes out, yeah. There's it's... been a couple of episodes of our, our new style. It's kind of like a 60 Minutes kind of news magazine style podcast. So it's different segments that combine based on a, a theme. So like our first theme was loyalty. So we talked about like – I talked about brand loyalty, um, you know, making friends through like Xbox Live instead of like traditionally – um, stuff like that. So we kind of take a theme mm-hmm. and bring you different stuff about it. So it's a little bit of a different video game related thing. So absolutely. Well, uh, you can also find him at Elliot underscore argues on Twitter. Um, if you want to get in touch with me on Twitter, it's at podcast by Jeff. You can check out my other podcasts, budget arcade, where I go through free to play games with Scott and Mark. And it's only slightly less painful than watching old ass Hitchcock movies. Uh, actually, it's more painful, depending on the game. Also, uh, the movie Draft House. Me and Mark uh, go through movies that we draft from a specific theme. We have a lot of fun. Uh, I, we just recorded the episode on uh, Drive Angry. I oh, just okay. finished editing it today, and boy, it's good. So uh, if you're looking for a recommendation, go find that in the catalog. It's a, it's a fun one. Uh, and anyway, Elliot, I'll see you next week. I'll be here. For Topaz. Oof.